0: This is Felice, your host of the Cell. I invite you to listen to our program every Wednesday night at seven thirty p.m. I would also like to thank you for listening to Community Radio on WGRN LP ninety-four point one FM, Columbus. I'd like to welcome our listeners back for part two with Bob Petrakis. If you listened to last week's show, part one, and if you had a chance to Google Bob, you will see that over his lifespan that he is a man that has kept his finger in the political world within Columbus and nationally. He's a professor at Columbus State. He's an attorney. He's written several books. He runs the Columbus Free Press, and he also has several radio shows. He has Fight Back on WSMZ 103FM. The other side of the news, WGRN 94.1 FM. He also has the Fertekes files from 8 to 9 on Thursdays. You can call in to be part of this discussion at 614-224-7830. So sit back and enjoy part two.
1: What have you guys done differently with the Columbus Free Press? Because I know that the actual physical paper was distributed to various parts. Uh, Frank, you know, within Franklin County. Now that it's COVID time, how are you guys handling that now? What are you doing differently? Well,
2: we're putting out a lot more information on our website and uh, uh, through podcasts uh, and really through the so-called uh, social uh, media. Uh, for example, we were putting out reports from Ohio uh, during election day, uh, reporting. Uh, any incidents uh, prior to the election or, as well of intimidation by hate groups. So uh, we're much more reliant on, uh, on social media. Uh, and also, uh, you know, we've put out a lot of books over the years, including some through the free press. Right now we're working on the 50th anniversary book uh, of the free press. We envision a uh, coffee table book Uh, you know, with a lot of our covers. Oh, that's
1: going to be nice.
2: Yeah. And uh, one of our covers, uh, one thing I'm most proud of, we made posters of all the Klan leaders and put their picture on it. Uh, uh, We hired uh, black investigators uh, who got us pictures and where they lived. And so we put out wanted posters in their neighborhood. And a lot of their neighbors oh, wow. didn't know the members, so we had big, big wanted. So we're going to put some of those in the book. <laughs> wow! How wanted for hatred, you know, just stuck with the fact. Yeah. How, how, you know, and we had sketches made of them. We had a real good sketch artist, John Bailey. So he sketched them about for us, and we said how where they were and what their address was, so if people wanted to get wow. to know them.
1: <laughs> Ernie, well, they got kept, a question kept, a bit, kept Bob. coming down
2: the, and then putting their hoods on, hiding. So I just figured it'd be much fairer if, uh, you know, we outed them. Yeah. <laughs> Bob,
3: did anyone from city reach out to you, be part of the uh, this new citizen oversight committee, or did you yes. reach
2: out to, to put your, you know, to uh, be considered? Uh, no, I'm I'm not on good relationships with <laughs> uh, with most of the political stuff. Uh Remember, in uh, 2016, I, I ran on uh, a little premature. Uh, if you look at my posters and bumper stickers, they say Black Lives Matter. <laughs> and that was 2016. <laughs> so I'm always a little off with my uh, <laughs> my campaigns. I'm, uh, a little prematurely early with with the topic du jour, uh, but uh, I did. Uh, I was the NAACP attorney for four years, so uh, we negotiated oh. a um, a civilian review board a while back, and actually got the FOP to agree with it. But uh, the NAACP wouldn't sign off unless uh, our first. <laughs> Uh, And only black uh, mayor, uh, Michael Coleman, agreed to put it in the charter or as a statute. So he wouldn't do that. He just wanted it as a pilot program. So we could have had the Civilian Review Board uh, a while back. Uh, And again, uh, uh, I, I was quoted actually in the dispatch, which seems to be doing a little better job now that they're not run by the Wolf family. In the old days, we used to say it was like the Wolf family newsletter. Yeah, you know, John Wolf, John W. <laughs> it's like you know, people send you that yeah. uh, newsletter at Christmas time, t- telling you how great yeah. they are, the wonderful things. Yeah, that, that was sort of what uh, you know the uh, dispatch was under the wolves. Like, hi, we're the greatest family in history of the earth. We deserve to be
1: with <laughs> <laughs> everyone else
2: is an idiot.
1: That's, that that sounds like Trump. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, we had our own, you know, we had our own version here, right? At one point, they owned 93% of all the print media, right? They used to own everything. You know, the community newspapers, This Week. Uh, You know, they bought up The Alive. I used to write for, I used to be the investigative reporter at The Alive. And they, uh, they bought it up, all that stuff about Epstein and Wexner. And, and then they deleted everything I ever wrote, all these uh, oh, articles, wow. even if they have <laughs> Well, you know, it's it's hard to have extra space on a computer. You know how that is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe they just wanted to delete the whole history. So, but all we did then was say, let's have a book company. You know, let's, uh, you know, I wrote these articles. So Suzanne worked very hard to, you know, get those into uh, book form. So. They're still around. You can read, uh, you know, spook air uh, about drug trafficking and and drugs coming in uh, to Columbus and being spread all over the east side of the city. And uh, a lot of the people that were doing it were friends of the CIA, also known as the Cocaine and Boarding Agency. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god.
3: Yeah. yeah, I've I've heard that. I've heard that before, yeah. i the first yeah.
1: that I've ever heard of it. <laughs> oh yeah, my god. Yeah, I've
3: heard that before.
2: Yeah, no, they uh uh I mean uh, what do you need to know? I can tell you the entire history of it. You know, from uh they uh, Fr- Lucky Luciano Right. Uh, They let him out of uh, prison in exchange for the mob helping out in the invasion of Italy and with Mussolini and uh, the CIA dealing with uh, drug runners during the Cold War. Right. National security trumped everything. So they were. uh, But, yeah, a lot of the CIA activity, they they ran uh, uh, opium uh, in in Vietnam out of Long Chen air base. Uh, in Cambodia. And there was a uh, Kwan airline. Uh, it was called Air America. And they had a fake airline uh, that they allowed a man named Bong Pao, uh, a former French colonialist and traitor to his own people, uh, to run drugs. And they ran drugs into Thailand. They ran it into Vietnam. They ran it into the Philippines. Their number one target was U.S. troops. 13% of all the... Uh, uh, U.S. troops had a heroin habit, you know, by the early 70s. And uh, those were our allies uh, uh, spreading that stuff around who uh, really, uh, again, uh, were, we were using them to fight the communists in, uh, uh, in Laos, the Pathet Lao, as they were known. So, you know, uh, the CIA once said during the uh, uh, the hearings, uh, during the 1970s, uh, there were various hearings on the CIA. They said, look, we weren't looking for good citizenship, right, just like Iran-Contra. The Iran-Contra airline, Air uh, America, became Southern Air Transport, and they ended up out there at Wittenbacher Air Base, brought in by state money from Governor Voinovich, uh to bring the most notorious gun-and-arms-dealing airline in the world to Columbus, Ohio, because it got thrown out of Miami. And thank God Jeff Epstein was able to work on that with logistics.
1: (laughs) Bob, how many books did you write? Because I see you you wrote a lot of books. (laughs)
2: Yeah, some of them... uh, uh, some of them are uh, uh, longer than the others. The uh, first one there on the failure of the Socialist Party in America, uh, that was my dissertation, which I uh, turned into a book, but that one took 10 years. But uh, it's considered wow. a definitive uh, classic on why there was no American exceptionalism, which a term you now hear on uh, one of my areas of expertise. But, uh, uh, you know, why why don't we have a progressive Left mass party in the U.S. Yeah. Why, yeah. why does the well, left wing party decentrist, and why why are the Republicans, you know, particularly under Trump, neo fascist? I mean, who has a mass fascist party?
1: Well, <laughs> I asked because I saw that you wrote how the GOP stole America's 2004 election, and I know you talked about that. So I just I, I couldn't help but to ask you is your thoughts on this year's election and 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 what's what's going on post-election essentially
2: well i i think in this case uh we were looking at uh the standards for what would be considered a red flag i was uh an international election observer i co-wrote the report to the u.n and uh I was the editor of that report in uh, 1994, the uh, 1st free pre-election in the history of El Salvador. So I I helped negotiate between the FMLN, uh, the left-wing guerrillas, and the right-wing death squads who were notorious. But down there, what you look for, and I think we should look for it here, is when people say they're voting a certain way, the exit polls... And the field polls before the election, when you have these implausible results, when it's, you know, 5, 10, 15 percentage points or, you know, statistically what we call three standard deviations, uh, outside the norm where, you know, only one one election out of 99 at best would ever fall into that category, when you start, you know, when... People start winning the, like George W. Bush wins, wins all the key swing state in 2004. You've got to question the validity of the election. You've got to make sure that you've you got to check out who owns these machines. I mean, what sort of country allows private, for-profit, partisan companies to secretly, secretly program the voting machines? Uh, should be absolutely unacceptable. Fortunately for this one, the polls don't seem to indicate any huge, deviant, uh, unacceptable shifts. But uh, on the other hand, I think Mr. Trump's strategy is to make a variety of claims and tie things up and hope that, uh, you know, the recount in Wisconsin and in Georgia, that uh, in those cases, maybe uh, it could lead to not seating electors. Hence, Biden doesn't get to 270, then it gets thrown into the House. It's a long shot strategy, but it's all uh, uh, Trump has left.
1: Do you think that they will try to mess with the count in Georgia? Oh, uh, no, in I, I think so. And, and the,
2: yeah, the question is, you know, where are these machines? These machines, you know, should have been all roped off like a crime scene if you're going to, you know, uh, <laughs> use these for a recount. Uh, and again, who has access to these machines? Uh, when we were recounting in Ohio in 2004, uh, people would show up without appointments in Hocking County. A member of the Rapp family showed up uh, with Triad Company and uh, for the recount without an appointment and uh, then said the machine went down. But luckily, this was the central tabulator otherwise known as a 13-year-old Dell computer, he just happened to have uh, a new hard drive in his car and came in and installed a new hard drive and and said, look, just don't turn it off. Everything will match perfectly. So Cheryl Eaton, the uh, uh, Democrat uh, deputy director down there, went to John Conyers, the legendary congressman who wrote a report, you know, uh, on uh, what happened in Ohio. Uh, And uh, he used a lot of my data, which later became one of the uh, books I'm very proud of called What Happened in Ohio, a Documentary History of Theft and Fraud, where we outlined all the irregularities beginning with the stuff uh, in the Conyers report. So, uh, I mean, why are these private? You know, I mean, Ohio's not a swing state. It's only a swing state after you eliminate 485,000 uh, voters who are overwhelmingly poor, people of color.
1: If you guys excuse me for a minute, we need to take an identification break.
3: Hi, this is Ernest Kelly with the Faith Thomas Foundation. You're listening to the Sale on 94.1 FM WGRN and WGRN.org worldwide. Listen to us every Wednesday night at 7:30 p.m.
2: Yeah, let's eliminate 500,000 Republicans and see if it's still a swing state. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) mean, think about this. They got computers and and you have to show ID. So in that scenario, I mean, why would you be eliminating anyone in a state that requires ID? They got to show where they live. I mean, why would you be deregistering them because they didn't vote in the last two federal elections? I mean, you don't... take away somebody's right to free speech, because they haven't, you know, in the last uh, two years, they didn't practice it, so they can't speak anymore. Why would you delete people from the voting rolls when they have to show ID? And there's plenty of room on the computers to hold their name.
1: Uh-huh. Called, the vote. How many radio I was, shows or podcasts do you do? Oh, uh, Can you give us uh, those I, I names?
2: Do, I, do, uh, I do one a week, but I do a lot of, I've been doing a lot of other radio, too, for uh, other channels uh, as well. But uh, I've been doing a, a weekly one for a long period of time. Uh, again, uh, I did uh, college radio, but then I got back involved in radio when uh, after Bill Moss ran for mayor, and uh, I was his uh, uh, campaign manager. And then he headed back and was working with Percy Squires at WVKO, uh, and he asked me to come on and... Uh, do work there. And uh, we used to do, right, uh, fight back uh, with Dr. Bob Petrankis. And again, uh, both Bill and Percy, uh, you know, uh, allowed me to do, we, we used to take calls from prisoners. <laughs> and the uh, Ohio Department of Corrections said they were going to sue us because we were inciting riot. And the inciting <laughs> riot, when someone, someone would come out and go, these guards here are brutal. They beat me. And they got to quit beating. And then you hear the screaming, ah, ah. <laughs> they beat them right on the air. <laughs> and, then, and then 30 days later, I'm just one guy. 30 days later, you get out and go, as I was saying before they put me in the hole, <laughs> these guards here are brutal. And then you can hear them beating them again. And I was like, I don't think I'm inciting the riots. I'm not beating anyone on the air.
3: <laughs> that is crazy. Say I've listened to one one of Bob's uh, the other side of news shows and the one I caught was him and Harvey Wasserman where he he was talking with Harvey and I tell you it is you know any of our listeners you really gotta tune in and and check Bob Bob out on that that was really informative it was a show that you and Harvey had did. Probably the first, second round of the NBA Finals. because uh, you guys were talking about the corruption scandal here in Ohio. And uh, I tell you, it was great. And you, you can tell you guys are great friends, because you were going back and forth <laughs> with each other, just cracking each other up. So, But, but yeah, you really got to check that out, because I think you, you interview different uh, people, you know, weekly, right, Bob?
2: You're right, yeah, and I, I try to draw out some different perspectives. But, yeah, now Harvey, uh, you know, Harvey, I inherited him when I took over the free press in 93. <laughs> he was <laughs> already a senior editor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, he he wrote his own history, Harvey Wasserman's history of the U.S. back when he was 24. So uh, when, I, when I first met him, I, you know, I thought he, must, he was going to be 80, 90 years old, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was only a few years older than me. <laughs> Boy, don't I can, if he can write some books, I can write. And we've written seven books together. Uh, yeah, and oh. we've uh, we've won awards together as well. But most of the stuff we, uh, we wrote. Uh, two of my favorite anthologies we wrote during uh, the illegal war on Iraq. Uh, one was called George W. Bush versus a superpower of peace. And we were with the superpower piece. And the other one was simpler, was simply called Imprison Bush. So we, we wrote a book outlining why we thought he was a war criminal.
1: Ernie, what radio station were you listening to so that our listeners know where to find that information at? Uh,
3: it, it's on, uh, I, I, think, I think they put it on YouTube, but I actually looked at it on WGRN's uh, website. But I believe you guys do have a YouTube channel, right, Bob?
2: Yeah, yeah, we do. And somewhere on the YouTube channel and on archives.org, uh, I mean, we uh, Suzanne did uh, 10 straight years down there of uh, public access TV. So, you know, there was a whole lot of footage. And I think we got every protest that occurred in the 1990s.
1: Bob, I mean, I feel like we can probably ask them so many questions and we'll be here another four hours. But I just wanted to thank you, Bob, for, <laughs> for joining us today and blessing us with your presence and your insight and your history and all of your experience. Well, yeah. I
2: appreciate yeah. that. Oh, I, I agree. I agree.
1: And Bob, I want to thank you for coming on. Like I told our listeners, I said, this is going to be an exciting guest. You have been. Like uh, Stephanie and Ernie said, you have been a wealth of information. If you Google Bob, you will find out that he has so much, with even listening now, so much that he's been involved in. That's why I was like, God, he's like, he's he 90 or 130 to be involved yeah. in so much that he's been no, involved in. No, no, that's in. Harvey.
2: That, that's Harvey Wasserman. He's 90. <laughs>
1: You just had to get your gig in, didn't you? <laughs> if
3: I ever see old Bob, I'm going to tell him
2: you said that. <laughs> no,
3: no, no. Put him back here, He's only
0: 74.
1: <laughs> really? <laughs> well, you know, we also know Bob from uh, his part and role that he's played with WERN. And him and I happened to meet him at a health fair that was uh, on Mount Vernon, I think, someplace up in there. And he was, you know, representing the Columbus Free Press. And then somehow when I ended up being a guest on the radio show, then I found out that I was in the Columbus Free Press building. And then that's when I met Susan. I said, oh, I met your husband. (laughs) So it's just crazy how things come back into a circle. And then even like Ernie said, that he's been listening to Bob. When he realized who he was, he was like, you know, I've been listening to you on WVKO. Yeah, Uh so... Yeah, they used to. I can't
3: remember the years, but they used to have a show on. Uh, I think it was the early Saturday mornings when I used to catch them because I was on my oh, way yeah, to work. Oh yeah, yeah, that, and, that, that uh, was Bob the, was on there with Bill Moss, and I, I was trying to remember the guy who was the, the moderator. I couldn't think of his name. Um
1: needed uh, a moderator.
3: You know, <laughs> yeah, they. I tell you, they used to have some real deep discussions about. Uh, things going on in the Columbus community.
2: Yeah, that, that, that was all corruption all the time. We were calling out a lot of people.
1: <laughs> hey, Ernie you, him,
2: <laughs> Ernie, you asked him,
1: was he scared? Bob wasn't scared of nothing. I uh, know. Detroit prepared Yeah. <laughs> That's right.
2: You know, when, when I was writing about Jeffrey Epstein, I got two letters saying Jeffrey Epstein equals toe tag. And toe tag usually means the corner. <laughs> I'm thinking, <laughs> this is it? D- this the best you got to scare me? <laughs> that I'm going to be in the corner's <laughs> office with a belt tag? I don't know I'm going to even get this death threat right. Hey, Bob,
3: were you pulling Harvey's leg when you said you were writing a book on aging hippies?
2: Were you pulling this? Were, were you really serious <laughs> about that? What, <laughs> what did I tell him? That I was writing a book on aging hippies? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I'm telling you, this is true. I was 18-year-old in college, and I pulled this, I pick up this book, Harvey Wasserman's History of the U.S. I read about it in Rolling Stone, it got a big review, and I'm looking at it, and Harvey's on the cover just like a farmer. <laughs> and, but I didn't know he was only 24 years old, and I thought he was like this 40-year-old farmer.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Pop. I've learned a lot. I mean it was like I Googled you and I'm like, What? What's up? <laughs> I said, Bob been busy. But let me know when y'all get that book together, that coffee table book. Oh yeah, that'd now
2: we're gonna start uh we're gonna work on it I think over uh break. But yeah, we're gonna run a lot of the old articles and a lot of the old uh, cartoons and uh, covers.
1: But I think that'd be great. Hey. Let me know when you get it together. Hey. Pop. We thank you for coming on the show. Really we do. This is the most fun I've had in a minute. So, do you have any last minute things that you'd like to say to our listeners?
2: Uh, support community radio and sh- support uh you know shows like this and uh those that uh uh that bring them to you. So, again, look and search out the other side of the news and of course speak truth to power. And, again, uh, the job should be to afflict the comfortable and comfort the afflicted.
1: Peace be to all. Okay. I like that. Thank you, Bob.
0: (laughs) Thank you for
1: having me. Well, with Bob's last word and that being said, peace out.
0: The Faith Thomas Foundation would like to thank you for listening to The Cell. We broadcast on WGRN 94.1 FM every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. You can also stream us live on Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. on WGRN 94.1. For more information on the Faith Thomas Foundation, please visit our website, Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is FaithThomasFDN.